Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right, all right. Everybody excited to be here this morning? So what has Pastor Noe been praying about diligently that he wanted to share with you? So this morning, if, if it is your first time here or you're visiting with us, so this week and the next three weeks, we're going to talk about money. So for all of you guys that said, Pastor Noe never talks about money, I talk about money once a year. Now, it's not just going to be in the, this morning is going to be about vision casting as far as a uh, finance kingdom investment thing that we can do as a church, but the three following weeks are going to be really helping you set up to be successful in money. It's not, hey, give, 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 we want your money, we want your money type message, but how many of you know that if you are successful with money, you can be successful in life? How many of you have not been successful with money and therefore you know that it's been difficult in life, right? But I believe that just like anything else that we discuss uh, in the church, being successful with money is something that's in the heart of God for you. And um, when, we are, when we are all successful with money, it just empowers the church to do all that the church desires to do, all that God wants the church to be and do. So money isn't this like taboo thing we don't want to talk about. We want to talk about money because we want you to be successful. We want the church to be successful. And the reason we want the church to be successful is so the church can do whatever is in the heart of God with as much time as we have on this temporary planet before Jesus comes back. We want to be empowered to do all of those things. So this morning, we are gonna, I'm going to talk to you about a kingdom builder ministry. Now, this is new to everyone. This is, if it's your first time here, this is not just, hey, I've never heard about this. This is new to the church. I've been praying about it. I've been thinking about it for a long time. But kingdom builders is just that. It's people that give in a way that impacts the kingdom. They partner with the local church to meet needs, to provide all of the financial resources to do everything that we need to do. Um, how many of you have ever received a, a blessing or you have been helped by a local church? handful of us, right? We've all been helped at some point by the local church. Well, that only happens when the people of a congregation collaborate together and all are willing to work together to give generously. You know, it doesn't happen with just one person uh, uh, giving, you know, so this morning, I, I just want to, I want to let you know, I really feel like that this is in the heart of God for the life of this church. It's moving us in the, in the next direction of what he wants us to do. And a lot of this kingdom ministry, it's going to be focused outside the four walls of the church. It's not going to be focused internally. It's not going to be focused just on us. It's going to be focusing on a few different um, points that I'm going to share with you in just a minute. But this, this morning... Um, we're just going to unpack this. So a kingdom builder's ministry, what is it? I want to give it a definition so you understand what it is so we're all on the same page. So kingdom builders is a ministry that exists to connect anyone equipped with the gift of giving to the local, global, and future vision and mission of Harvest Time Church through intentional, eternal-minded stewardship. Now, let me kind of unpack that a little bit more. So Christian, e eternal-minded stewardship, that's a big word. It's like, what are we talking about? So as a Christian, we have to realize that there is some stewardship that we have to contribute, right? So when, we're, when we don't know the Lord, how many of you know that we see everything as ours? 
a child, what's the first word that comes out of their mouth besides no? Mine. Mine. Right? It's that selfish motive. It's that internal driven to take, to consume, to have. Well, one of the big things that changes when we become a Christian is we don't necessarily just want to consume, but we want to give. We want to take what God has given us and and turn that around and give it to the world around us. So a, a Christian steward means focusing on the responsibility of Christians, uh, that, that the, the, the reason that we have to maintain and use our finances wisely, it's using the gifts that God has bestowed on them in the realm of finances. So how many of you know that we all have gifts? Would you agree with that? And how many of you know, regardless of the gift, God either wants to, want, he wants us to use those gifts well. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, so what I want to do here is because we will justify everything else. Well, if, Pastor, you got the gift to preach, so you should preach. How many of you would agree with that? Amen. Okay. So how many of you would agree that if you have the gift of giving, you should also give? Yep. We're so quick to raise your hand that time, right? Because we say some gifts are used to bless others, but some gifts, this is where we have to change the perspective, some gifts are for me. I believe that every single gift that God bestows on his believers, that he wants us to use those gifts to empower others, to bless others, to expand his kingdom, and in in essence, to be kingdom builders. He wants to use the gifts to build the kingdom. Do you realize that's my motive and that's my goal for preaching? I think sometimes, you know, maybe pastors are limited in in their perspective, but my goal is to expand God's kingdom to the magnitude as big as he wants it. I see it bigger than just the people here. I see it bigger than just the four walls of the church. That my, my responsibility is to expand God's kingdom as a kingdom builder through the gift that I've been given, the, the gift of preaching and teaching, right? So that's what I've been given. So a, a person who has the gift of giving in the same way should desire to give. So kingdom builders focus on that specific gift of giving and giving to individuals and seeing the kingdom of God advance. So let's look at these two passages from Scripture as kind of a launching point this morning. Romans 12, 4 through 8, it says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to each other. Verse 6, it says, We have different gifts. So that's not a, something to be confused about. We can understand we all have different gifts. According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So what gifts were given to the body? Prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, leading, and showing mercy. These are all gifts by the grace of God that have been given to the church according to uh, the ones that God wanted us to have. Well, what did I leave out of that list? The gift of giving. Because many of us would say, yeah, we should serve. We agree with that. Hey, we should, we should encourage. Yeah. But what I want to challenge you with that the gift of giving is right in line with all of these other gifts, Right? So we have to realize that the gift of giving is a gift that God gives us just like every other gift. And if he's given you that gift, what does, he do, what does he almost expect? He says, if you have the gift of giving, it says give how? Generously. Not like, man, pastor's asking me to give again. And you just kind of slap it into the box. Like, that's not what I'm, that we give generously. 
Well, let me tell you what. When God has given you a gift, do you know it blesses you to use that gift? Very rarely am I bummed out after I preach. Now, there's some polish points sometimes, or there's moments where I'm like, man, that was rough. Glad I got a second service to fix that. Um, But I never leave bummed out when I'm operating in a gift. If you have the gift of encouraging, if you've encouraged somebody and you've changed their life through that gift of encouragement, I've never seen someone leave in that moment saying, man, I'm just bummed out because I encouraged that person. Giving is the same way. When we give generously and we've been given that gift, when we operate in that gift, it rejects rejuvenates us and allows us to really fulfill all that God has given us by giving us that gift. But it's something that has to be used. The only way for all of us to benefit from a gift is what? For that gift to be activated, to be used, to be given. You know, I always make a joke and be like, it'd be funny one Sunday if I just sit in my office and I refuse to preach. Well, pastor, well, he just decided he's not going to preach today. I'll tell you what, if I didn't plan for somebody else to preach, that's going to be a very awkward day. Because God has gifted me to preach. So therefore, I need to what? Preach. Right? I believe there's other probably preachers in the room. You're just too scared to tell me because you might get the privilege to preach. But I believe all of these gifts are given by God because we need all of them. And they're all critical and they're all important. Now, let me make a statement real quick. So I believe just because you don't have this specific gift doesn't mean that you're exempt from this list either. Let me, let me kind of pause there because like, well, I don't have the gift to serve, so I'm not going to serve. Come on. Really? Now, I know that there are some gifts that are hard. Like I've been around genuine encouragers. Have you ever been around a genuine encourager? You cannot have a bad day if you have been around an encourager. They always see the cup half full. They always encourage. You will never leave that situation discouraged. It will completely radically change your life. But just because you don't have the gift of encouraging doesn't mean you can't encourage your brother and sister in Christ. But there are some that are gifted with the gift of encouragement, and it's very obvious. Okay? But what I'm telling you, just because you don't feel like I have that gift that, oh, well, pastor, I don't have the gift of giving, so this message isn't for me. I'll see you next week. That's not what I'm saying. We still all have some ability to function in these gifts, but some of us have been gifted this gift, and he desires for us to collaborate and use that gift so that he can bless others. Let's look at another passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. It says, But since you have excelled in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete uh, earnestness, and in in the love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel in the grace of what? Giving. How many of you know that giving is one of the, the hardest challenges for most people? I will pray and I will serve, but I will sit hard on my wallet. Right. Oftentimes, I really believe that giving is an act of stewardship, but it's an act of trust. But I really believe that the act of giving is one of God's ultimate tests for us. What we spend our money on is what we value. How many of you bought food this last week? How many of you paid your bills so you could remain comfortable and in your home? Right. We're going to spend money on, on what's valuable. But I want to challenge you as we talk about this kingdom ministry, are we investing in kingdom things financially? Because how many of you this morning, you said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about God's kingdom, advancing his kingdom, making sure that we as the people of God do everything that we should be doing till Jesus comes back or till I breathe my life breath, my last life breath. How many of you would agree with that? That that's what I want to be doing. I want to be found doing the will of God, expanding God's kingdom in, in whatever way I can. 
2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says God loves a cheerful giver. So the gift of giving is just like every other gift that God gives us. It's intended to bless others and expand the kingdom of God through the use of that gift. So I want to this morning look at three characteristics of a kingdom builder. So if I, if I start going through this list and you're like, wow, each of those ones describe me. You may be built as a kingdom builder that God wants to use to expand his kingdom on the face of the earth. So the first thing is they are graciously generous to see the kingdom of God advance. And I, and I thought about that word, graciously generous. They give not because they have to, but because they want to. They graciously do it. They could be spending their money and investing their money anywhere, but they choose to invest graciously in, in the lives of others. So this is, a, a, this is the gift of making lots of money. You're like, well, that ain't me. I don't make much money. But you could perhaps be somebody that God, that you, every investment, everything that you do, it multiplies. You don't realize why you are so successful, but I want you to know God knows why you're so successful. And it's not to keep accumulating stuff. It's not to continually buy things. But it's to use that money as a tool to expand the kingdom of God. They give because they want to, not because they have to. Now, you know, the devil will work in these people's hearts because he wants them to be selfish, selfish, not selfless. He wants them to get focused on, on, on meeting their needs rather than meeting the needs of others. So they, remain, they, they become selfish rather than givers. These kind of people, they think about, the need, think about what their needs are, and they meet that need financially. I've had people, like I said, hey, you know, well, how much for that project, or how much do you need, or what are you doing? And they collaborate, and you know what they do? They write the check. You know, uh, I've, I've had the privilege of talking with a handful of really financial people, and they're going to invest in things that are very specific. Well, you know, I just got a need. No, what's the need? How much is it? What will it accomplish when we meet the need? But they, meet the, they see the need and they write the check. They, 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 they meet the need financially. They sow seed to expand God's kingdom on earth. So this is, this is one of the things that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm talking about. They get seed in the ground. They cause their money to grow. So number one, they're graciously generous to see the kingdom of God advanced. Number two, one thing that they, that they do, they have a burning desire within them to help others accomplish their God-given purpose. So it's bigger than just them doing the work or them just meeting the need. They see themselves as the financial facilitators to launch and catapult and support ministries in the heart of others. Because there's missionaries and there's people that serve and people that God births vision and passion inside of them, but those people don't always have the financial resources. That's where that person that has the gift of giving steps in and says, hey, I don't have the bandwidth to work that out, but I have the, pay, the, the pocketbook to be able to meet that need financially. So they look to invest in people to do the work. So these are significant supporters. These are ones who you can count on. These are ones that, can, that, that give uh, to, to see the vision in others become a reality. They partner and support with others to accomplish the purpose of God's plans. These individuals often are a financial funnel of finances through their hands to accomplish kingdom work. They're very intentional and committed to seeing the kingdom work be accomplished. They're also overjoyed to help ministries accomplish their mission through financial support. Um, 
you know, we have, we have a lot of supporters of the church that have given and have, have given. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, it's, it's a really good thing when you have financial supporters to make sure that you're investing that money and putting it to work. Uh, a financial supporter does not want you just keeping that money in the bank account. They want you using it for a kingdom purpose. You know, this last year we invested tons of money in the facility. We needed to because I believe that God's work even in the life of this church is going to go from here and it's going to expand out. So the ministry here also matters, but it allows us as people give to actually go outside the four walls of the church. Um, when, you have a, when you have significant supporters, you know what it allows you to do? It allows you to do the ministry work quickly. How many of you have ever been on a building campaign or you've taken up love offerings forever to do a project? When you have significant supporters, you know what happens? You call the contractor, you get the work done, it's done in two weeks. Because the financial supporters want to get the work done. They want to partner with you. Um, they, they want to they collaborate with you, but it often gets done really, really quick. Um, Give you some back history real quick of HTC. So when they were building this property, uh, used to be just a rice farm, and there were gentlemen that had already retired from work when they started building this property, began to lay the foundations, began to put up the, the walls of the church. And, and everybody got, we're celebrating 36-year anniversary today of the church, so we, I've been thinking about all these things. So some of the individuals who had already retired, now how many of you know once you hit retirement, that's where you're supposed to get to Easy Street, Right? Prop your feet up, golf whenever you want, sleep in. You don't set an alarm anymore. That's what they tell me. See if we get there one day. But they had already retired, but they had a heart to be able to contribute financially to help build this church, like physically build it. So you know what they did? They were already retired. They went back to work, and every, every bit of money that they made, they sewed back into the church so this building could be built. Now, you want to talk about a kingdom builder, if I'm going to go back to work on somebody else's dime, I better hear God. But guess what? I better have the gift of generosity and the gift of giving if I'm going to go work and give to the church. But I tell you what, that was in the heart of people. And I believe that that is the heart of, of someone who really uh, is a kingdom builder. They have that burning desire within them to, to, be, to give to another to accomplish that pop, that. Um, that project or the things that are in their heart. They are, they are seen as significant supporters. So they give generously to see the kingdom of God advance. Number two, they have a burning desire within them to help others accomplish God's plan through financial support. And number three, they're smart with their money and want to contribute to a ministry that is doing something with a kingdom focus. But they are seen as wise stewards. They're smart with their money. Have you ever heard of a rich person being really dumb with their money? If you want to remain wealthy and to have lots of money, you have to continually be smart with your money. They are wise stewards. They pay attention to details. They know what they're doing. Um, they didn't get there by reckless living um, and just do, living an undisciplined life with their, with their finances. But a lot of these type of people also, they are spirit-led givers. You know, I spent some time in Africa, and let me tell you what, you cannot give to the point of where there is no longer a need. You can't, there's just not enough. You have to give and you have to give and you have to give. So what is better is to be spirit led in their giving. So I believe kingdom builders, they're very intentional when they give, how they give and who they give to. So as a, as a kingdom builder, they should pray and say, Lord, is this what I'm to sow seed into? Or is this to not what I'm to sow seed into? Right? They, they are spirit led in their giving. So if you give to everything, you go broke. So we have to ask God where to give. 
They give to ministries with a clear, focused mission and not a cloudy, confused, undefined agenda. Uh, you know, I've often as a pastor, when we're supporting missionaries, where I'm kind of hard on them. I say, hey, what's your plan? What's your, you know, what mission? What are you doing? Hey, if we start supporting you, what will that empower you to do? And if they're like, well, I don't know, you know, we don't have the money, so we really hadn't thought about it. We probably won't give to that because we want them dreaming. We want them seeing the heart of God. We want them to know what, what they want to do and believe God for the provision. But I believe that that's where when you have that clear vision, you know what you're doing, you know where you want to invest money, you know where, where you want to expand the kingdom of God, a kingdom builder will step right alongside of you and support that. So they support ministries that have been faithful and successful in the past. How many of you would ever make an investment on something that has not done well? that has trended poorly, that they have not been good stewards of what they've done in the past. A kingdom builder is going to continually invest in those things that have done just that, have continually expanded God's kingdom. So kingdom builders support clear vision. They also have that, like I said, that, that way of making their money multiply. But kingdom builders realize that the more they give away, the more God will give back because they've seen just that provision, that they are just a funnel that God is using to get that money through them. I believe that a kingdom builder at some point that has, that has operated in the gift of giving, I believe that they were probably faithful with little and then God made them faithful of much. Luke 16, 10, it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So it is a testing, it is a uh, being a steward of that which God has given you. Um, kingdom builders, they understand that money is a test and they are committed to making an A. Every single time. They're con concerned about being well. How many of you know that we will be judged by the gift that we have? Did you use it? Did you not use it? Did you use it for the kingdom of the world or did you use it for the kingdom of God? Right? I think we will be judged according to the gifts that we received. That's why you can't say, well, uh, you know, is God going to judge me to preach? No, not if you're not called to be a preacher. But if God has blessed you with the gift of giving... I believe that he's going to hold you accountable to what you did with your finances. Now, I want, to, I want to adjust a little bit because I don't want you just to say, I don't have the gift of giving, therefore this doesn't apply to me. Um, so we have to ask this question, does everybody have the gift of giving? Not everybody has been gifted the for say gift of giving, just like the gift of encouragement or the gift of teaching, but the gift of giving. But just like not all of us have that gift, we all have the ability to make financial contributions and the ability to give. How many of you would agree with that? We all have the ability to give, right? That doesn't exempt us from not giving. Well, I don't have the gift of giving, so that somebody else is going to meet that need. We all still have the ability to give. So this is something that I've learned in the, in the life of the church and serving in ministry. Do you realize that the ones who give the most are not always the most financially well off? You don't have to be the, the most wealthy person in the room to give the most, but you have to be intentional with what you do give. To be a kingdom builder, you don't have to have the most money, but you have to be intentional when you give. I've never, ever, ever accidentally given. Unless I messed up my church app and gave something I wasn't supposed to give, which we've had that happen in the church. I gave twice, Pastor. Can you delete that second one for me? Like, I've seen it happen, but how many of you know we don't accidentally give? We have to give on purpose. We have to be intentional in our giving. It's not just going to happen. You know, like, like I say, God moved on your heart to give this morning. 
pick on Jim Giles. He's all the way in the back. Let's say God was moving on his heart this morning. He says, well, Lord, if you want me to give, you're going to have to pick me up and carry me to that offering box. And some of y'all have prayed that. Let me tell you what, if you don't willfully move and you're, if you are not willfully obedient, you'll never get there. Because let me tell you what, there's a long way between that back chair and these offering, these offering boxes throughout the building. God is going to encourage you to do it, but then you're going to have to respond and follow through with it. He's going to give us a choice. He doesn't force us to do things. He encourages us to do things. But we have to give on purpose because we're never going to give by accident. So let me share the heartbeat of this kingdom ministry. So I kind of gave you some, some key points as far as what the dynamics of a kingdom builder, the heart of a kingdom builder would look like. But what is the heartbeat and the vision of this kingdom builder's ministry? So the heartbeat of this ministry is that every penny given to a kingdom builder's offering will be given to just to do just that, expand the kingdom of God. It allows us to take um, from what's given and to do more than we've ever been able to do. Uh, we are diligently trying to give the money away that we have to give away. You know, our outreach teams and, you know, I've challenged, you know, some of our teams. I'm believing that this year is going to be the year where we really, really step outside of the four walls of the church. Even budgeting for this next year. Sorry, we didn't plan nearly as many building projects as we did this year. This year was a building project year. We did a tons of upgrades, spent a lot of money, did a lot of expanding. But the goal this next year is to look external, to get outside the four walls of the church. Um, how many of you know that God can multiply what we have, but he can't multiply it until we give it away? We can have fish and loaves in our hands, but until we begin to give those away, we may never see the miracle of what God is doing. But it's in the giving that the miracle happens. Most of us, by working alone, we're able to accomplish very, very little. But when we contribute together, guess what? We can do a whole lot. When we combine everything together, we can do more than we've ever imagined. Um, there's many in this church that have already been giving to Kingdom Builders Ministry. Um, but I want to just kind of like mentally and visually show you a little bit more how we're going to be intentional in doing that. So here's the areas that, I, that, that God wants us to be purposeful in our giving. Number one, kingdom builders, building projects. So this is, this is how we're going to break it down as a church. We're going to be giving to building projects. So that's, that's facilities, that's weekend ministry. So that, what does that involve? That involves keeping our facilities maintained. Because how many of you know when there's a lot of people, there's a lot of maintenance, there's a lot of things that need to be done. Can we go to that next slide with those, uh, those bullet points for me? Keep going. Keep going, man. Y'all way behind. Right there. Okay. Um, so building projects. Now, listen, some of you are like, well, I thought we already had building projects. We do have building projects, but we are changing the name that this is a part of Kingdom Builders Ministry. Because when you give to the building and the facility of Harvest Time Church, I believe that you are sowing into a good ministry that's going to impact people's lives and impact the kingdom. So those of you who say, well, I give to the building regularly, you're going to do the same thing. But to the left, it's going to say Kingdom Builders and it's going to say Building Projects. Because that is still a need that we will continually um, need to expand what we're doing here locally. But it's upgrades, it's, it's building needs as necessary. Uh, it, provi it provides the resources to get things done quickly. It supports the ministry that God is leading us to do here at Harvest Time Church. And as you, as you can see, or if you've attended, you know that God is doing some awesome things through our weekends. So it's going to be able to give you an opportunity to give a kingdom builder's offering through the vein of building projects. So we didn't want to just specify kingdom builders, like, hey, just give to kingdom builders. We want you also to have the opportunity to give to kingdom builders focusing on 
building projects. Or if you say, hey, I want to invest seed in local missions, then we want you to give kingdom builders local missions or global or future. And I'll explain what future is in just a minute. So kingdom builders, local missions, that focuses on family, the city, the community around us. We are already strategically doing that. But like I said, this allows us to go to the next level of impacting the world and the community around us. Um, to be able to invest in the community in support like we never have. Uh, community building projects, helping other churches in the community. That's a little radical. You don't see that a lot. You see a lot of churches investing in themselves, but let, guess what? Other churches, they are impacting the kingdom also. So we can help, we can partner, we can support. Um, I just told an, another pastor friend the other day, if you're ever short and you don't have a pastor, just let me know ahead of time. We'll send you a preacher for that Sunday. Uh, you don't have to cancel a service because you can't make it. So we want to be helping the local mission, the local community around us, um, support the local local outreach like never before. So we are already doing a lot in local ministry, jail ministry, women's pregnancy center projects, supporting outreach projects, um, helping uh, single parents during the holidays. We want to pay attention to the families in the church. And if they're a single parent and we know they're struggling, we can take those resources and say, hey, God loves you. Have a great Christmas. Bless those kids. No strings attached. It is just a lifeline to those that may be might not have it as easy as some of the other some of us. It allows us to grief to do grief share, which we're having a grief share this next weekend. Um, serve days. It helps us to help widows and orphans. Now you're like, Pastor, are we doing all those? No, but this is the heartbeat of all of it because it's going to be it's going to be pivotal on what's given, right? Whatever's given, we're going to commit to give it. So I just want you to know, as I, as I kind of unpack some of these, this is the heartbeat of what it could be, right? All right, so we can give to building projects, we can give to local missions, we can give to global missions. So that's missions, that's unreached people group, that's humanitarian aid. That's something we've never tapped into a church. When a hurricane hits a Gulf Coast or, you know, hits the coastline of a, we can send resources, just write the check and we can send thousands of dollars to go help. Or we can send work crews to go. We pay for the fuel. We buy, you know, we, we can do anything. We have to get side, you have to get outside of the four walls of the church mentality. You're like, well, I'm kind of comfortable, Pastor, just being here. But I believe that there's more at stake. There's a kingdom at stake. We can remain comfortable and have some impact. But I believe we can get uncomfortable and go and broaden our borders outside the four walls of the church and begin to impact uh, the kingdom around us. What else does it allow us to do? Supporting water wells, Kids for Jesus Ministries, uh, giving to our children's home in Mexico, reaching unreached people groups, um, meeting the needs of special projects that missionaries bring up to us. Every now and then we get a phone call, hey, we got this special project. Uh, just want to give you the opportunity. If, if you guys feel led, that's the word that all those missionaries use. If you guys feel led, right? But guess what? When the resources are there, it's kind of an easy response. Because, and we can say just because of the generosity of our people. Absolutely. But we can support, support the world around us in a more impactful way. Also, um, I talked to you guys about church, a church plant. So we can work with uh, organizations that will actually plant a church in an unreached uh, area. Now, they changed what they're doing. Um, so for those of you that don't know, my wife and I committed this whole year to do a church plant. 
and they changed the game on us. So guess what? We're still going to do the church plant, but instead of church planting, what they do now is um, it's with Surge, Surge Project through Bethany Church, uh, New Orleans. Uh, Surge Project, they actually used to plant a pastor in an unreached people group. They train them, they equip them, they pay the first full year salary, and they send them to that unreached people group. So what they changed it to now, they're actually training, they're training multiple leaders and then sending them out. So they've preferred the education and training versus the, the money for the church plant and the year salary. So my wife and I, we're going to be the guinea pigs. We're going to invest some money first. We've committed all year to do that. We're going to do that before we launch the church to do that. I still think it's going to be really good seed, but I said, I'd rather make sure uh, that it's just what we want to do. So we're going to be diligent with that, but it's an opportunity to reach unreached people groups. Um, Supporting the world uh, in a more impactful way, church planning. Okay, so then Kingdom Builders Future. This one really is exciting to me. So when we talk about future, what this is implying, it's next gen. When I say next gen, that is the children and the youth that we have right now. It's making sure that the next generation continues to carry the mantle of the gospel so that the church continues to thrive. How many of you know most of us in here, we're all getting older? inevitable. We can't do this forever. But if we can invest in, in the youth and the children and really pour everything into them, we can reach generation after generation until generation until Jesus comes back. But we have to reach the next generation. So this is impacting children and teens for Jesus. Uh, it's partnering with the school, the public schools, providing mentorship, ministry opportunities. It's youth and children's outreach on a regular basis, not just like a one-time thing, hoping we're going to win Bay City to Jesus, but it's consistent being involved in the community, being radical in an approach to reach the next generation. It's also investing in our own children and youth. Okay. So we're not going to say, oh, we're going to invest in everybody else and we don't care about our own. No, we care about our own. So let me break all of those categories down real quick. We've already had building and a lot of you in this room have given to building. It's going to be the same way. We're just going to call it kingdom builders because I want you know, to know that when you invest in a building project, you are investing in the kingdom. Many of you have given to local missions, local outreach, but we're going to call it kingdom builders, local missions, because you are in an essence expanding the kingdom. Same thing with global missions and same thing with future. So we're going to change it on our app everywhere that you'll be able to give. And you can memo it on your offering envelope if you want to give that way. But that's how we're going to earmark them. Because we want you to be able to give strategically uh, to those areas that you uh, want to give to. Now let me give you just a reminder. So a kingdom builder's offering should be above the tithe. Don't take from your tithe pocket and say, I'm going to take my tithe and I'm going to give it as an offering. We give our tithe because God says give our tithe, and we'll talk about that more in the next few weeks. But we give the tithe, and then all of this extra expanding should come out of offerings above and beyond the tithe. If you don't know what that means, come back the next three weeks. You'll know what that means after these next three weeks. But we don't want to rob God of what's his, but we want to give over the overflow and be able to give to kingdom work, okay? Everybody got that clear? Okay. Let me keep moving. I want to wrap up. So... Here's what I want to challenge you with as we wrap up this morning. So the first Sunday in December, I want to take up a love offering launch for Kingdom Builders Ministry. And I want to challenge each of you to give something. It's five bucks. It's five bucks. If it's a dollar, it's a dollar. I don't care what you give. I'm not going to check and see what you give. But I want you to be obedient to what God is, is encouraging you to do. But I'll tell you what, whatever God encourages you to do, you have the ability to do that. I don't believe God's going to say, well, just give me this. 
But guess what? If all you have in your hand is a few fish and a few loaves, what happens when we give sometimes? God will multiply that. So I want to give you one example before we close this morning. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We have to know that those are the plans of God. Now, I want to show you an example because this is what kingdom ministry, kingdom builders looks like. In our life, we think time is unlimited. It seems like we have more than enough time. I looked at statistics as, as far as the life expectancy for male and female. I didn't want to share it with you because I think it would discourage you. But what I am going to say this morning is life is shorter than you think. And if we look at our life, our life really represents this amount of time. We're given very little, but we're, with that time that we're given, God asks us to be diligent. He asks us to be good stewards of our time. If we're raising children, we need to raise our children well. If our children are grown, we need to continue to uh, re- encourage our children and support them to continually be successful. But we have new missions at stake because let me tell you what, when the home is empty, it allows you a whole new field to work in. But what happens in life, we think life is so long. And how many of you knew that high school lasted forever? It seemed like it lasted forever. After high school, everything starts flying by. But we think it's so much time that's there. So we go through high school and then it's gone. And then we realize our life is shorter than when it started. And some of us were like, ah, it still doesn't matter. I'm still in my 30s. I'm still living life. And then another part of it is gone. And we realize now I'm getting closer and closer where eternity is at stake. And my life is short. But I don't realize that everything that I do on this side of the line is directly going to affect all the rest of eternity. There are people that don't know Jesus that I get the chance to engage with. There is a heaven and there is a hell. There is an investment to be made right now that's going to impact all eternity. Now, this morning you may say, it's okay, Pastor. I know where I'm going. But do you know where all the others around you are going? And with the time that I've been given, it seems like the older I get, the faster it goes and the faster it goes. And then I get nervous because I say, God, there's not much time left. I see my life flashing before my eyes. What am I to do with the rest of my time? And there's going to come a moment where every single one of us breathe our last breath. We get very close to the edge and we see our life dwindling where what looked like much becomes very little. But with the life we had, it had the deepest significance. Because if I know God, I know that eternity will be good. If I don't know God, there's condemnation, pain and suffering. We are not welcomed into heaven if we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I hope that this side of eternity, that our lives are lived to the fullness of serving God. Not just being good Christians, but serving God, investing in a kingdom ministry, because everything else on this side, I want to be an overflow of the life I lived. And then the moment comes where my life is over. That I thought was so long, and I had so much time, and then the time was gone. But I didn't realize that every, all the breath that I give this side of heaven or this side of hell, because I don't want you to say, well, pastor, you never told me about a hell. No, there is a hell. But this side of heaven or this side of hell, that there is an eternity of reward, of satisfaction. 
and eternity goes on and on and on forever. Why does the kingdom matter? Because we will spend the rest of our lives on this side. Everyone will stand on this side in eternity. And at the end, will my life be full of investing in a kingdom ministry? Or will it be of just invested in little old me? Now, I'm not saying this to judge you or to pressure you, but I want you to face the reality of everything I do in this life will affect eternity. Can you guys stand up with me? Now, I'm not forcing you to invest into this Kingdom Builders ministry as we launch it as a church, but I am strongly encouraging you because this allows you to create investment on that side. It allows you to make kingdom impact. You know the heartbeat of a kingdom builder? It's not so much what you can get, but it's really about what you can give and the joy that comes with it. So those of you in the room who know Jesus, I encourage you to serve him with your life acting like it loving, sharing the gospel, and maybe even this next year giving like you've never given. Got prayer teams available this morning if you can go ahead and come up. But let me tell you what, this morning if you don't know Jesus, or you say, Pastor, (laughs) if right now, if I got to this place and it's over, how many of you know we're not guaranteed tomorrow? And that's the scary thing. I see people pass away all the time and we ask God, God, why? Why did you take that loved one? I just believe that God has a time frame on all of our lives. And when our time comes, there is nothing that we can do to get to this place. But if we don't know Jesus, we are not insured that we have a place in heaven. So this morning, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you're at that place, you're, Pastor, you're talking about kingdom building, but you just, you, you almost kind of scared the out of me, and I want to make a commitment to the Lord this morning. I want you to do so because it, ma- it doesn't matter how you came, but I want to challenge you. It matters how you leave because there's still a chance. There's still a moment you can take to leave completely different, but you will never desire to give like any of these categories or to any of these categories or to, to give like, to give and live like a kingdom builder apart from Jesus transforming your heart. You will remain selfish self-centered, you will be at the center of your universe instead of Jesus being at the center of everything. Because I believe when you find Jesus, you become, you become a giver in every single way. So I'm going to pray for you and, uh, and I'm going to dismiss you. And when I do, if you don't know the Lord, I want you to come up boldly, get with one of these, uh, partners here and they'll pray with you. They will, they will show you what you need to do to start that relationship with Jesus. Amen. Lord, I thank you for each one here this morning. I thank you for your goodness to us. Father, I pray as we go from this place, your spirit goes with us. Father, I thank you that there is still breath in our lungs to be able to do and accomplish all of the things that you desire for us to do. Father, I pray that we would be a people that collaborate and partner with a kingdom initiative 
Father, that each in our own way we would be kingdom builders. But Father, as we commit to take up that love offering the first Sunday in December, I pray that you would sh- we would first be bold and courageous to ask you what to give. And that we would also be bold and courageous to give what you ask us to give. Father, I pray that as we go from this place, you go with us. Lord, I thank you for 36 wonderful years of this church being alive. And Father, I pray that you would just keep pouring your spirit out. And Father, that this church would always be what you want it to be. And Father, we would see your heart going forth through all of it. Father, bless each one under the sound of my voice as they go. Lord, I thank you for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.